right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up Podcast. Solly here, a very hungover Solly here that only has one thing to say. Dula! <laughs> Chargers, Jags recap slash Sony Open recap. Uh, DJ Pie is here. Hello, Pie Man. Hey, Solly. Thanks for having me. Great weekend of uh, sitting in front of the TV. Uh, excited for it. Excited to talk about it. TC is here. Up and down. Roller coaster emotion of a weekend. How are we doing, TC? I'm on the struggle bus with you, man. It was, uh, I took a four hour nap today. I'm in one of those, I'm never drinking again modes right now. <laughs> so, uh, what a night, what a night, one of the best, one of the best nights of my life. Straight up. It's incredible. <laughs> Not one of the best nights of the year, but maybe one of the best <laughs> nights of your life. I think. I mean, it's only January 15th, you know? <laughs> It, it was a game. They were de- losing so badly that it was just like, we just kept drinking like even heavier. We we're switching up alcohols. We're like, all right, well, I'm going to the cranberry high noon now. I'm going to try pear now. I'm going to go for some rye whiskey. And then like when they started coming back, it's like, oh gosh, it might've been, might've been uh, going a little too hard at this. But uh, anyways, we'll save some, some Jags talk. I think for the end, this podcast is brought to you by our friends at Titleist and foot joy. Uh, guys, if you'll if you'll allow me, I'm just going to kind of run through what happened today in the Sony Open because I'm just going to assume not everyone was watching this. I, it's a bold assumption. I know. Um, I've seen the ratings for this past week. I just don't know if everyone saw this. So uh, stop me and interject when you guys are ready to. But Siwoo Kim has won the Sony Open, but how we got there, it looked like Hayden Buckley. It was going to be Hayden Buckley kind of the whole time. Um, he then missed a very sh- relatively short birdie putt on nine um, par three eleventh. They set it up very well. There was the pin just tucked right over that bunker in front of that green. He missed short in that bunker and missed a you know a relatively easy par putt there. And then uh, Siwoo birdies the twelfth at that very much. That was when it was it's Siwoo Kim time. Quote from Siwoo Kim, and that was to tie the lead. And then uh, Buckley turns around and drains a bomb on fourteen to take a one shot lead back, and then misses a shorty on fifteen. Drains a birdie on 16 to regain a one-shot lead. And at the same time, Siwoo Kim chips in from the back of the 17th green, the par three, uh, to tie the lead again. Then we get to 72nd hole, and Siwoo sets up on the far... 18 at Wiley's sick. Like, I just watch guys just go do the wildest shit on this hole. They're so uncomfortable on it. They're basically teeing it up on the road. And uh, I've never seen someone tee it up driver height, above driver height, and hit a three wood. Try to hit a three wood over the trees. Has anybody ever seen that play before? That's terrifying. Like I, that's idiot Mark Central <laughs> just going right under the ball. I mean, Zinger was nervous as hell. You know? <laughs> he couldn't even spit. I, I feel like I can I can hand manage the height. Okay, usually I'm all right with the bottom of the swing. The t so close to the t marker, I can't do that. That's my path is so <laughs> shitty that that's the stuff that really rattles me. TC, I know you've got the same memory <laughs> rattling around in your head. We. <laughs> We played with, yes. uh, I, I'm not going to air him out. I'll just say an unnamed celebrity at Jack's Beach Muni one time who who teed up so close to the tee marker, uh, hitting, I believe it was a maybe a six iron into the number nine at Jack's Beach Muni. And me and TC are looking at where, and he, it was the classic like tee it really close to the left marker and then stand outside the markers like Phil used to do all the time. We're both looking at each other like, there's no fucking way. Like, this is definitely... <laughs> He doesn't have enough space. There's no way this is going to work. And sure enough, uh, comes down, flushes the ball 
flushes the ball. Like the ball escapes, you know, the, the kick got away, fine. Uh, and then the hosel just absolutely slams into the T marker. Wasn't expecting to launch into that story, but uh, one of my one of my true golf golf memories, you know, that that I'll I'll hold dearly forever. It is true scar tissue. Like yeah. I will I will never <laughs> see someone line up that close to a T marker and not think of that ever again. It makes me physically uncomfortable. So Siwoo tries to blow. I don't really fully know what he was trying to do. If he was trying to go over the bunker, it hits it clean. By the way, we should we should have uh, you know said, <laughs> yeah. said that up yeah. front. He hits it totally fine. Just kind of pulls it into the bunker. Into the bunker and then hits an awesome long iron out of that bunker and gets it to release from the Bermuda up a hill onto the front of that green for an easy two putt birdie uh, to get in with the clubhouse lead. It Aiden was kind of kind of whiffs of the Zach Blair. Uh, you know yeah. what? Did, what did Zach say? Oh my god, that's so, so good. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> it was a little, little was, whiffs of that chasing it up there into eighteen. That was a great pin too. Like that, you know, tucked up on that right side. That's that's where the trouble is. Like essentially where Hayden Buckley hit his is where you don't want to hit it. It's all you'll get there. But I was blown away on Siwoo's shot of how little spin he had on it too. Like, because that's kind of an elevated green. And for that to come out of a fairway bunker and not just have, you know, crazy spin on it and, and just kind of sit there in front of the green is, is wild. It got such a great bounce. And also to not fat it, right? Like to have all that spin off of it and still not hit it fat, which is like the tendency out of, those bunker shots for for someone like me maybe not for him but it was a sexual sound out of yeah. that bunker that that shot I, I mean it like echoed in the it was so flush and then so Buckley hits a three wood off the tee and kind of fades it and it kind of rush runs up into the first cut runs up against the second cut kind of just looks a little bit awkward has like two sixty in tries to hit a five iron and misses short right which they just set, they set that shot John Wood set that shot up so well like that was the exact shot he couldn't hit. And it doesn't really pop on camera how tough that up and down is from the front right, but uh, they also did a great job of, of setting that up and showing how much easier Lipsky's shot was from a little bit closer to, uh, you know, he couldn't hold it on the down slope, runs 12 feet by, and he misses the putt. And uh, Siwoo Kim wins again. And I I, I just got to say, I, I this is a weird win. I feel like this whole fall and into, uh, you know, this part of the year is such a win for the President's Cup in that, Dude, I just, like, see so many of these guys in a different light. I mean, watching Siwoo shush people and, like, straight up give it to JT and laugh at Kisner's jokes in the handshake line at the President's Cup just, like, makes you appreciate. You just seeing a guy in one different light other than just, like, competing in PGA Tour, like, normal PGA Tour events can give you a whole different perspective on them and kind of help you place their careers. And uh, it just made me, like, I don't know, enjoy a Siwoo Kim win a little bit more. You took the words out of my mouth, Solly. That that's exact. I I had that on my mind the entire day, and uh, it just kind of gives you that little edge too. Where you know you've got a lot of these guys coming down the stretch. No offense to to Hayden Buckley, I'm sure he's a great guy, but you know when when you got a leaderboard of fairly anonymous dudes up there, it just that little President's Cup thing from squirreled away in the back of your mind just kind of gives you gives you that slight edge of of kind of who to pull for. And I was found myself pulling for for Siwoo for probably you know one of the few times ever. Like I've never really had a great reason to root for him, but uh, yeah, I'm with you. It was fun to watch. Plus, he's absolutely stunting on everybody. You should from a fashion one hundred percent. I'm being dead serious. You should get that shirt, TC. I'm gonna I try think, to find it. I think you can pull it off. It would be that would be Dick Dick Rider achievement unlocked if you, <laughs> if you were say. out there wearing that PJ Tour shirt. This could be a good thing for our DraftKings pool, like a, a loser pool in the future of like you have to wear the PJ Tour pants. Like his pants say PGA Tour on the top left of them, right? And that, I think that has to be 
uh, a punishment of Subkai that someone has to like seriously wear them and not igno- like part of the bet is that you can't acknowledge that this is a bit like that you you could seriously like you have to pretend like you you only wear PGA Tour pants. <laughs> I'm, I'm in on that. It's like the, uh, I feel like he needs a PGA Tour hat too. Like the Rob Lowe <laughs> rocking the shield. Create a player. Create a player hat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I like that. What did the shirt say? It had words, letters, jump. It was kind of like, but it was like upside down. Is that Did it say yeah, that it on a, repeat? It looked it like it a, said it fart at one point. I swear I thought I saw it in there. Like it did not look like it actually said PGA Tour. No, I think it was art, man. It was, uh, you know, an interpretation of the word PGA Tour, maybe. I'm trying to find it. Like I can't find might be, where this. Might I don't think they the have paywall, their own. Members only. It's in the moat shop. <laughs> yeah, you're going to have to storm the castle if you're going to try to get your hands on one of those. I think you got to buy a FedEx Cup hoodie and then you get one of those for free thrown in. I think that's the only way to get one of those. You need like 38 FedEx Cup points that you could trade in for for one of those, TC, like a Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> I need some tickets. <laughs> exactly. I, I'm, I have nothing really to add a ton on, on Hayden Buckley other than he really has been playing some some very decent golf leading up to this. He had a great showing at the U.S. Open last year. Kind of thought he'd go, go in a little run after that, and it kind of stalled out a little bit after that, but he actually had a really good fall. For the listeners that may not have noticed that until today, I'm sure I'm sure it's stuck. I definitely have noticed this all the way up to this and was all over this, but uh, his, his, you know, his strokes, his moving average is, is going in the right direction. He's playing some very good golf. Personally, I can't do the takeaway. I can't do it. Like it's just awkward. I it it. I think he's going to shank it every time. Uh, I'm sure it looks maybe it looks m- more normal in person, but it just is painful to watch on television. I've, I've I struggle with that. I don't know where you guys are at there. I'm I'm with you, man. I can't do the takeaway, and and he's got some off-brand Scotty footwork going on too. But man, heck of a player. That swing, I kind of expected to kind of expected to pop up in one of Genkis's Instagram reels. You know, with like holding all the different like up over reroute back, like and then just all kinds of speed through. Uh, it's it's yeah, I wouldn't say super aesthetically pleasing, but it's fun to watch. You know, fun to watch different swings. I want to shout out. Uh, I don't know why it stuck with me, but David Lipsky's swing. I, I'm not maybe wild about the whole the PXG booster juice uh, <laughs> whole aesthetic, but God, his golf swing was fun to watch. Kind of looked like Max's golf swing a little bit. Just like never even thinks about leaving plane it was it was fun to watch hayden buckley's got a good story too from mississippi uh very i don't think he was recruited at all went to mizzou they said 15th man at mizzou or something right that's awesome <laughs> I, th- I think truly like, there were 15 guys. no I, th- I think that's what they kept saying on the broadcast which i you know not to pretend like i i knew all too much about him before uh before watching today but yeah i think he was like 15th out of 15 on the on the team everybody's blowing him up like how did you become the guy who made it to the pj tour this is stupid uh but yeah i love love stories like that i don't i don't know that i'm always dialed into to watch him every sunday you know which is why i think it's it's a nice contrast from last sunday but uh yeah when they pop up it's great i love the thing about his dad and the the wristband and the 0.006 percent like that's that stuff's great you know i I don't necessarily need it on tv all the time but uh it's interesting that it's out there glad the tournaments are going on for those that didn't see it, the uh, Monday Q Info had a tweet that his dad wears a bracelet that says .06%, and that's the amount of pro golfers that make it to the PGA Tour, which is a cool story. I have a question for you guys. How is it because like I feel like I'm trying to notice change that these kind of things are sticking out to me, and, I, and I'm tricking myself into it, but it feels like they're doing a better job of like 
telling the story a little bit. Like I didn't didn't feel like I needed to do a Wikipedia dive on Hayden Buckley, which I usually feel like that on the back nine of some of these small non-designated events. I'm like, all right, I gotta get, I gotta have something for the pod. And it just feels like they, I don't know, this, this kind of this crew, this kind of different crew with a different kind of mojo, seems to have prioritized that a little bit. Am I am I crazy there? Am I am I too much of a D writer here? 15 minutes into this, or, or I, I just want to acknowledge progress. I got a lot to say about that. I think it's it's definitely incremental in nature, but it feels more personal, right? It feels it feels less generic, less Hayden Buckley went to Mizzou kind of thing, and more like all right, like hey, I talked to Hayden Buckley on the range. It seems like they're doing more homework. Right, they know the guys better. I thought they bent over backwards trying to trying to tell some of those stories, even when there there clearly like wasn't much there. At least they were they were giving it a shot. When Rolf's out there, like an interesting thing about Hayden Buckley is he doesn't like to watch golf on TV. I was like, ah, I don't <laughs> know if that's as interesting as as it, you know you thought that was going to sound. But uh, I appreciate you appreciate you you making the effort. I appreciate you pushing for it. And I thought honestly on the I think that's kind of like the non golf stuff. I thought on the golf stuff it was like pretty exceptional today again like a million and a half reasons to not watch this golf tournament but hopefully it's kind of a you know hopefully kind of a a whisper of like things to come i thought the john wood stuff you mentioned you know pointing out Lipsky being where he was versus where buckley was short right was great zinger talking about the the way the bunker was raked and how that can affect the lie i thought was super interesting uh zinger talk i I just i think zinger i i will say it again i know i said this last week like he becomes kind of a meme with the pressure stuff which i thought he was better about today but i think he i think he actually seems a little more comfortable this year and i think he's getting into drawing on more of his own experiences which we can talk about his comment about being (laughs) on the pack but on the golf stuff too i thought he was like i thought they've they've kind of bringing it and i almost you know would hazard a comment to say i feel kind of smarter uh after watching it than i did when i started which is which is always the goal so props to them keep it up because i know it's a it's a very very long season but i think it's been good i I will just say i mean i say this almost every chance i get though john wood's freaking incredible and it's not gonna like again it's never gonna like blow you away but you what you don't even he just makes every shot he adds 10 percent context to every shot of like what to look out for what the considerations here when he doesn't have much to add he'll ask a great question or he'll tell a story of here's a coocher he hits a he had a fade so this tee shot was a nightmare for him but hunter mayhan he used to hit a he could hit a draw right around the corner this was super easy little stuff they had about the yardage books about how is it Mark Long that does the yardage books they were saying and how he has gunned, puts pictures in there of trees and what the carry distance is to the different parts of the fairway and how that works for that golf course with the firm fairways and the dog legs are not where, you know, uh, it, it's not where like only half the field can cover it, right? It's like everyone can cover it, the dog leg, but what kind of strategy do you want to take? It just, it works. Again, this is kind of golf sicko golf tournament. I don't think, if you didn't watch this week, you didn't necessarily like miss out, but um, as but we, I, I think, don't know, I, I think as that's we get why into this era of like yeah. designated versus designated, like these first two tournaments feel very emblematic of what to expect. Does that sound right? Yeah, I think it's it's perfect. It's like not all of them can be complete bangers with you know everybody in the top ten duking it out, right? It's I I think you know a you got to develop some guys in the bullpen a little bit as well, but also like you know I enjoy tournaments like this a lot. Now, granted, this was. Even for a tournament that's not designated, I think this was probably a pretty tough leaderboard. This was on the um, edge for even the sickos. Yeah. This was on the edge, TC. But like, I think this is where I come back to architecture as well because it's a good like it's a good golf course that I enjoy watching and watching these guys feather a little cut driver or try to you know you, you know like basically try to manufacture something and shape mm-hmm. the ball a little bit. 
is so much more interesting than like if this was TPC Craig Ranch. Like, <laughs> I don't give two shits, right? But like, this is there's some interesting textural stuff and just little nuance around there that makes somewhat like who's playing a little bit irrelevant, right? And I, I think as long as we're saying a lot of nice things about the TV, we I think all three of us mentioned Johnson Wagner on the, the pregame and postgame and what a, a good kind of breath of fresh air he was. I know he's done a couple of events, but thought he was really good this week just having been, you know, someone who's played this event a million times and I think won there, right? Yep. But he was uh, he was talking, I think it was on Friday, maybe Thursday night, Thursday night or Friday night, uh, about kind of how, how this course is one of those places that you can just – incrementally get yourself in like really bad spots and maybe that brings us to to spieth and kind of his comment about like <laughs> you know 64 75 like i didn't feel like i didn't really hit it that different uh i think that w- that kind of speaks a little bit to what he was saying like you you saw it i'll bring it up again for the you know for the third time but where hayden buckley left that shot on 18 is just man it's a it's a pretty good shot but it wasn't a perfect shot and it left you with this really tough one or even Hayden Buckley's tee shot right like the way that gnarly ass Bermuda grass grows you can get yourself up on those edges and it totally changes the shot and he talked about that like kind of at length again it it was kind of one of those things that just makes you smarter as a viewer to watch out for but the way balls sit in the bunkers the way they sit down in the rough the way they can fly out of the rough the way that they can hit weird slopes in weird ways like there, there was just a lot of I was thinking about it with the palm trees too like uh I think it was Chris Kirk maybe on was it on 18 where he was just he was in a lot of palm trees yeah <laughs> but that's what it's like he's just a maybe a, a couple steps off the fairway or whatever and there's one skinny yeah. palm just pain in the ass that just changes your entire hole right and there's just little tiny things that it's hard to hard to say like why lie is x right or this course is y it's just all those little things add up into kind of like all these little like micro breaks that you need throughout the course of a week and i thought that was really good insight and i appreciated appreciated hearing it i felt like the golf channel nbc people did a better job of i don't know if it's more like handheld cameras less less hard cameras chris uh, <laughs> or just just you know making an effort to show angles and different you know, different looks from tee boxes and more stuff at ground level. Like I think on a flat course like that, that's very important because you like you can. I, th- I think a lot of that stuff gets washed out from those overhead views. Um, also, just to follow up on Siwoo Kim's shirt, it says PGA Tour. That's what it says. Mahalo. Mahalo. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you were saying that was you didn't know what it said. That I'm was just re- looking, it's that, like upside that down. That was reported the- on the No Leg Up podcast about 15 <laughs> yeah. minutes ago, by the way. I'm just looking at a. I pulled up a screenshot and it's it says PGA Tour. Must credit DJ Pie for that <laughs> yeah. one. Uh, Thanks for listening, was, TC. What I was gonna say is for basically having two free par fives, like scoring does not get out of control here. Like 18 under winning here with like. Again, with two free par fives, that basically is like 10 under par. That is like the, a winning score here. And um, I don't know, firmness. And I, going back to, you know, the leaderboard was not outstanding. I, it was not a very different field from last year, which gave us a incredible, like very good leaderboard. I, I wouldn't say incredible, but, you know, we've had a, a really good run of Hideki winning here. Kevin Na, for all you want to say about him, he's a very good player uh, in 2021. One here, Cameron Smith, one here in 2020. Kucher famously won here in 2019. Didn't go great for him after that, uh, but that was entertaining. But there were 16 top 50 players in this field last year, and there's 14 top 50 players this year. And 
some of the top 50 guys that were here last year are now at live and still in the top 50. And so it's really about as equal of as a, a field as you could have imagined compared to last year. And I think it's just, again, worth emphasizing, like, I don't think the non-designated events are going to get, they might get 5% worse, maybe 10%. I don't know, but it's not going to be like, oh, they've ruined these, you know, these smaller events. Yeah. If that's the case, they were already ruined. And I just don't think that they're going to get really that much worse and there was a ton of, not a ton, there was a lot of big names in there that, like, missed the cut. Tom Kim and Spieth were supposed to carry some weight this week. For sure. Hideki, we'll get, I'm going to get to his putting. Uh, he should have been up there, right? He should be competing on this golf course. And it just didn't happen. Sometimes that happens on, on tour. So Billy Ho emceed, Webb emceed. Like, there's, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's tough, right? It's tough when the big names don't play well. Yeah. There's not much you can do about that either. So yeah. all that to say, like, I just, I think it, these first two weeks have given us a pretty good idea of, of what it's going to be like. Like, like we said last week, I think the, the better events are going to get maybe 20% better and the non-designated events are going to get like maybe 5% worse, something like that. So I just looked up Hideki's uh, putting stats. It's, <laughs> can we do this now? Please. It is maybe like one of the great like careers of this generation is going to be wasted. Shit. And he gained, I he gained strokes on Thursday, point point plus point four. Uh, lost uh, one point six on Friday. Lost two on Saturday, and lost two more today, <laughs> for a total of minus five. Uh, Which ranks what, Deej? Uh Seventy sixth. I got to believe that's among players that made the cut. What? How many players do you think made the cut? I'm gonna guess probably seventy six. Seventy fucking six. <laughs> he is gonna go. Here's what gets me, like. There are, you know, there are people that are just weak putters for their entire career. I've never PC. seen someone try. Oh, no. <laughs> well, that's all you say is how you've been sir. a weak putter for your whole career. I got the claw now. <laughs> that's true. Which, Not the whole career. Not the which whole career. Which brings me to my next point. <laughs> how? How can you go 10 years without having tried anything different? You have a ho- you have horrible technique. I don't even know what good technique is when it comes to anything about the golf swing or putting. He has the toe up off the ground, and he keeps putting like that for eternity and can't get the damn thing in the hole. He's one of the best ball strikers we've ever seen, and he, he's never tried arm, arm lock. Try aim point. Try try the saw. Try padding oh, left-handed. Don't, don't try aim point. Don't, don't get people trying aim point. We don't well, need to get as, more people, especially someone who plays as slowly as, as Hideki, trying aim point. We do not need that. I think aim point should be illegal, but we can talk about that separately. But at least try it. Like that's a something at your disposal, like to improve. Like I think he puts the time in, but he's just not willing to try anything different. And I just no one talks about it or thinks about it until like somebody raises a flag. Uh, I, I don't know. It's like he needs like asked about this and called on this. Of like, why have you not tried anything else? Why do you keep trying to do it wrong? They cut up at, a, at one point. They cut to him. And he was in like a four foot putt, and it was like a close up on like just his putter. And I was like. Oh, is this a clip from the pro am? Like, why is that guy's toe way off the ground? And he just yanks it immediately left, and then it panned out. It's like, oh no, that was Hideki trying to make a four foot putt. It's incredible. I mean, he's he was he was at one point uh, he was seventh in the field this week in approach the green and dead last in putting. And it's just it's remarkable. And, Has and, he ever tried a a putter that's like not the just not a a blade? That's whatever you were gonna finish too. that sentence with? No, he's never <laughs> tried anything. Like, I, don't, in, like in competition, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. <laughs> But we've never I, seen I, him in competition with anything else. Well, he, I, I, I think the other thing that's super concerning is he doesn't pass the eye test. Like, it would be one thing if he looked like a good putter. Yes. And these were the stats, but he doesn't look like a good putter, and these are the stats. It's, he also it's was fifth really around the green 
this week. So like he's he's chipping his face off too, and still just like not not making anything. It's it's crazy. I don't know oh. the toe up thing blows my f- mind. Like he looks like he's trying to hit like flip draws with the with the putter. It's just <laughs> it's not just trying to save it. It's not good. It's not good. I'm glad you brought that up, Sally. He's trying to get some extra distance. Before we get to Spieth, uh, I want to, uh, again, remind people, Roback is back for another year. We could not be more excited to be working with him. The fit, the feel, the quality, it's all perfect. Just got a new package at my house. A couple, uh, DJ is flexing a brand new hoodie. TC is flexing a brand new hoodie as well. Got some polos, got a nice uh, windbreaker, Q-zip, whatever you want to call it in there. We got some of these in our shop as well. They're performance polos. They fit way better than your typical boxy polos. They got a collar that never loses its shape. They're four-way stretch material is so soft and comfortable. I'm wearing these polos all the time. They're great for on the golf course and off the golf course, going out to dinner, whatever you can imagine. They're very comfortable. The performance Q-zips, they're so good that we got them in our shop with our logos on them. They're the definition of versatile. You can play golf in them, can wear them anywhere you want. Uh, my only problem is wearing some of this stuff too frequently. You cannot, If you guys are listening, you cannot send me too much stuff. It will be worn. I promise you that. Lastly, the performance hoodies, the most comfortable hoodies we've ever worn, uh, the softest, the stretchiest hoodies in golf. And if you see us on a golf course, we very well might be in a Roback hoodie. You can use code NLU at Roback.com for 20% off your first order through the end of this week. That's code NLU at R-H-O-B-A-C-K.com. 20% off polos, Q-zips, hoodies, and tees with code NLU. Kick off 2023 right with Roback at Roback.com. Solly, before we get to Spieth, can we go down the leaderboard a little bit? Very little Um, bit. Very little bit. You have to say get... something about these players yeah. when you when you list their their standing. Okay, that's that's the that's the goal of going down the leaderboard in twenty twenty three. All right, Chris Kirk solo third. I gotta say, what's with his hats? Mm. <laughs> it's an important. They're question. so too tall. They're so big. Yeah, they're just like they're so unsettlingly big. Andrew Putnam, great, great. Uh, third if you let me, 62. we got to address this. If you let me answer, as somebody with a big head that has. Only a certain style of hat that fits it, it might be tough. Like for the big logo looks, just might be a tough fit for his head. That'd be my guess as a fellow he, seven and five eights guy. He might want to leave some money on the table then and just go <laughs> unsponsored hats. I'm, I'm, I'm with you, TC. What I say about Chris Kirk is how did I not have a play on him? Like the, the best drawer, yeah. got to be the best drawers golf course on the PGA Tour. And that guy had to draw every single time and has had great success here. That was a major, major miss uh, for me, I think, for not having Kirk in my plays this week. Speaking of putting, the opposite end of the spectrum from Hideki, I want to give a shout-out to Aaron Baddeley. Got it, got it in a sponsor exemption this week. Shot 65-65 on the weekend Oof. to finish T7. You know what? That's a good story, right? Bads is playing some golf. He's up to 53rd in the FedEx Cup. So I just wanted got, to shout that out. He's got crunchy Pete on the bag now, too. Keith Mitchell's former caddy. And really? Yeah, not a name I would have expected a little renaissance from was Aaron Baddeley. And honestly, that was kind of... Kind of, uh, kind of news to me. We might need to do okay. a, a career like kind of deep dive on Aaron Baddeley. Very sincerely mean that. Like, what a what a fucking menace when he barnstormed like out of Australia and just it, it's a pretty fascinating career that I would love to refresh my memory on because I remember it being uh, being pretty provocative stuff. Honestly, he's just a victim of the evolution of professional golf. And, like, yeah. you go look at his data golf page. Where do you think the major, major, major deficiency is? Strokes gain off the tee because, I mean, it's really not It's not that he's that far below distance, but he's just never been a very accurate driver of the golf ball. It was so sick when he was sponsored by 
I think McGregor for a while there, and he was playing like the the bladiest blades of all time. I thought he got like the mega driver yips too. I I might be misremembering that, but I thought he was having a hard time keeping it on the planet. Uh, TC, a couple you skipped past. Andrew Putnam, great mustache. I'll say that. Uh, David Lipsky, I already said, lo- love the golf swing. And Ben Taylor, maybe the most unexpectedly British person I've seen. <laughs> Did you guys <laughs> feel so that? So well said. So Very well British. said. They kept saying he's from he's from you know England. I'm like, ah, that doesn't just doesn't look right. Really? Looks like he's from like Mobile or something. He looks very southern. Well, he went to LSU. Oh well, that must have been what I was. That must have been what I was yeah. picking up there. Kind of an England or Alabama situation. Totally. Uh, there can't be too many guys left on the PGA Tour uh, with Trump Golf logos still on there. I mean, Trump Golf is hosting the location of several live events now. At this point, basically a, a rota, if you will. And uh, just found that noteworthy that he had a Trump golf logo. I don't think we're going to see too many of those on the PGA Tour this Especially year. Especially as uh, as the tour has a propensity for you know turning down certain sponsors all the ups guys the you know the alcohol stuff it seems like they could put their thumb on the scale if they uh so chose i'm gonna guess nobody at the pga tour realized that that logo was on there but well i could be wrong but like they couldn't stop you from doing a golf saudi logo right and uh, i mean they could they still see some golf saudi logos on there this year i mean i feel like they could I i think they just you know are are choosing which battles to to pick but yeah kuchar that was wild. 64 66. Didn't see that one coming. Kuchar's, <laughs> you know, crazy. And then just a couple guys that are playing great golf right now. JJ Spawn. Yeah. He, he respawned for another week, kind of, you know, went backwards <laughs> on Saturday, but, uh, you know, he's, he's vibing in Hawaii. He's doing it. It's he's crazy. Totally vibing. Do you think he should keep the uh, Aloha shirts going on the mainland? <laughs> I think you can do it in Palm Springs That's and like kind of San Diego. Yeah, you maybe Phoenix slowly transition. Yeah, I'm not sure it works at like TPC Twin <laughs> Cities. <laughs> well, maybe we don't know because nobody's ever tried it. Yeah, that's true. And then Austin Eckroat playing really, really well as well. And then I got to give it to him, the full Monty, <laughs> Taylor Montgomery, potentially the best player in the world right now. I know it's it's crazy. He just guy can't stop top twentying. He's a total menace. I would uh, at this point, I think it'd be a shock if he was not on the Ryder Cup team by this fall i mean he's just keeps doing wow. it on all different kinds of golf courses i mean I, I said this before you guys even jumped on the bandwagon i said that he was a cameron young type riser and i'm really glad you guys have jumped on the bandwagon as well <laughs> and are, are willing to support him he uh he's he's just he just is getting it done at a phenol like level if i may combine two bits into one and then otherwise i you know i had uh the fact that russell henley didn't finish in the top 10 as a massive, massive upset, that's that's you're, really concerning. You're telling me that was concerning for my DraftKings picks, which I'm sure everybody wants to hear about. And then uh, Will Gordon, final round 71, kind of overshadowed what was otherwise a really, really good week. For totally, him. He's, he's playing some awesome golf right he's, now. Yeah, so. he's he interests me for some reason. I've I've just kept tabs on his career, and it's kind of fun to watch the the ebbs and flows. But uh, also, you skip you skipped over Mav, who always Mav McNeely, who always yeah. tends to play well here and and plays pretty well on the West Coast. So that could be a a winner in the next couple of weeks here wouldn't wouldn't surprise me. All right, we got we got to get to speed. I was really disappointed to learn. I forget who tweeted this, but it may might have been Justin Ray. It almost always is, but somebody tweeted a full list of everyone that in the last twenty five years or whatever that had held a first round lead and missed the cut. To my surprise, Camilo only did it one time, which I think we get a lot of run out of calling it the full Camilo. He I think almost he did, it did right it a couple more, though. I remember, okay. like, yeah, there were other times where it was like a big, like, eight shot disparity or 10 <laughs> shot disparity or something like that. 
Okay. Or maybe so, just didn't miss the cut. But I, I remember it happening multiple times for sure. All right. That makes me feel better because yeah. we do get a lot of mileage out of that. But uh, we had a full Camilo where Jordan Spieth went from the first round lead to missing the cut. Um I'm I'm turning to you guys on this one. I, I need you to I need you to sell me on speed. I feel like you guys are are you know I feel like TC has been trying to tell me that he's been in the lab and that he's close and that we're that we're there and I'm just not seeing it. I want to see it. Make me see it. You're not seeing it. I mean, the, I think the shots are there. He just seems like he's not quite polished up enough yet, right? I think he he got some bad luck. That bunker shot came back in. He got a, he got rake jobbed. On you know on the second round there that was tough conditions got uh, very tough in that afternoon as well it did not not like should have missed the cut tough but so, it, it didn't help it didn't help yeah I, I don't know Solly I like I don't I don't know what you need to see it's early season um, he's gonna win this tournament at some point like I, I think it's I think that's a that's a certainty I feel like now he's gonna go back to Dallas he's gonna get in the lab for a few weeks and he's really really gonna buckle down I'm buying all the stock on speed this year. I, I just am very concerned about the 72-hole sustainability, right? Like, it happened – it just doesn't feel like he's in control. He shows the flashes. I mean, we saw it in round one. I'm like, when he gets going on an eight-hole heater, like, there's nobody better still. I just don't have the feeling – I don't have the feeling that uh, around the corner is, like, good news. It just feels like, all right, uh, this the, the, the time's going to run up on this one, and he's going to do something, and the putting still just seems a little, little off to me. It just doesn't seem like uh, – you know, a couple miss really miss really short ones at Kapalua just have me a little bit nervous, and I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not impressed after the Hawaii swing. Is all I'm saying. I, I put a note in there whether it's a, a net positive or net negative the Hawaii swing because you know nice finish at Kapalua played some good golf there and then obviously played some good golf in that first round, but uh, going to be hard to forget that whiplash. I think I, I will say that was one of the biggest takeaways. I think I mentioned it last week, but one of the biggest takeaways for me uh, from hanging out with them at Kapalua last week or a couple weeks ago was his ability to forget horrible, horrible, horrible shots that he had hit in the past. <laughs> Maybe by next week, we might not even remember this. I, I really don't know. But like I mentioned, I have ultimate respect for him saying, uh, I, I really didn't play that different between the two days. That is a DJ Pie staple. <laughs> Just like, man, I don't know what ha- I, I honestly, you guys aren't going to believe me. I hit it pretty good. I hit it pretty I just shot 94. I, I don't know. It just got a snake bit in a couple couple spots. So I love that. And I'm, I'm probably... No bigger Spieth fan in the world, but I think I'm I'm probably trending more towards where you're at, Solly, if I'm being realistic, is that I, I think, and I say this as maybe a positive, I think we're in for a massive cocaine train this year. <laughs> like, I think it's going to be the likes of which we've never seen. Like, I, I think the highs are going to be really, really high, but I, I worry as well about some of the sustainability stuff, at least for now. Maybe he'll get it cleaned up, but... I think what's interesting is when he comes back at, I don't know what that would be, Farmers probably. I think he said he's got seven of eight uh, that he's got to play after that. So it's either going to be really streaky. It could be really good. It could be really bad. I don't really know what kind of player he is if he's one of those guys that, you know, I just need a bunch of reps and I'll I'll find it. Or if that is like I'm going to be constantly tinkering with stuff for two months uh, and you know, I just I don't really know what we're gonna see. I promise it's gonna be exciting though, and that that gets me hyped. I feel like I don't know. You guys sound like Greenpeace or something talking about sustainability <laughs> and 
you know, all sorts of that stuff. I mean, that's stuff. kind of I'm, been the I'm, thing the last couple of years, though. It's like it's the highs are there. They're, he's not not making birdies, right? I mean, he's he's making a ton of birdies. He's just making a ton of like really bad mistakes, hitting it in just barely the wrong spots, and not being able to to clean it up. And that's that's what you know people who win don't do. So we'll see. We're close. I think we're close. I'm I'm betting on the process, and I'm betting on Greller as well. You know, he was flashing hard on those conversations this week. <laughs> Here's what I'll say about it is we, he hasn't played, like, stellar golf since, like, summer of 21, right? He had an, a really good 21 of where, you know, he finished fourth at Waste Management, third at Pebble Beach, shot, like, 61 at Waste Management, went over to finish fourth at Arnold Palmer. He, uh, of course, won Valero going into the Masters, finished T3 at the Masters, finished runner-up at Schwab, finished runner-up to Morikawa at the Open Championship. Like, that was that was some, like, okay, Spieth's the dude again. And 2022 was not that year. He won Heritage, and he was runner-up at, at Pebble Beach, but, like, the Heritage win was, like, one of the worst performances by a winner ever. Like, if you want, like, it just, it was the reverse Finau is what it was. Like, it, again, it just is, like, oh, I, don't, I don't know if this signals. <laughs> Listen, we know, like, what it was a good Tre- speech Trevor is actually Lawrence like. Trevor Lawrence-esque win. That heritage. That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. Is like we know what really good speed is like, and I don't want to pretend we're there until we're there, right? I can get down with TC if you're saying like we're trending towards that. I see what's going to make us get there, but I don't want to like. There is a difference between speed gaining like 2.2 strokes around and like maybe getting to 1.4. That's a massive difference, and like we're hovering around that like 1.4 right now, and that is that's like Tyrrell Hatton, which is a fine player. It really is, but it's not the man that we know. I mean, I don't know if we're ever going to see peak Spieth again, but like, wow, giving up on him that quickly—that's <laughs> crazy. Starting, <laughs> starting from this baseline versus where he started from at the beginning of 2021. True. Floor's higher. Like, like that's where I'm kind of, you know, starting from. Of like, all right, like there's a, there's a very very good foundation to build off of here. Um, I think putting wise, like I'd love to get him off of off of Bermuda, right, and get him on you know, some other surfaces here. I think that's going to help. I like, I don't think these are, these are probably two of the, like, you know, I know Sony, it's typically guys putt really well because the greens are, are so pure and, you know, all that, but like Kapalua, like that, or sorry, Poosh, Kapalua, those are very, very tough greens to putt. You know, there's grain, there's all sorts of crazy shit going on. So I'm, I'm buying, man. I'm buying. Also, Finau and Justin Herbert, they might be the same player. That's interesting. Just going to throw that in there. That's, I, I that's don't, interesting. I was not prepared for that one. I need that in the agenda so I can prepare for that <laughs> take. But uh, uh, I forget what. Oh, one thing we, from when we were talking with Spieth, I found interesting in like in explaining part of what you just said. TC, like I don't know if we're going to see peak Spieth again. Was him acknowledging and saying out loud, "I will never swing it like I did in 2015." And it's not like a lack of confidence. It's that his body has changed. He has grown up. He's more flexible. Now his body is different. It's just inevitable that your body is going to be different when you're 21 as you know, compared to being 28 or whatever he is now. And so he almost, he needs a, it needs to be a different feel. If he's going to get back to being, you know, whatever he, you know, multi uh, winning a couple majors a year, it's going to be a different golf swing and a different feel. And I just found that really interesting of like, instead of chasing whatever that magical thing was, it has to be something different. And we know that because my, my body's gotten better, but like, I can't ever get back to that old golf swing. So, so his body's gotten more flexible and that's holding him back. Well, so the the way he explained it, which is fascinating and obvious. And I've never thought about it this way was, 
basically increased mobility. So he's got a lot more mobility now, which means that like I'm paraphrasing here, like making my own connection, but like the way his elbow should feel on the way back, like his elbow's in a different spot or the way he should rotate back, like he's rotating back to a different spot. Like his his feels are different because he's more mobile. And that, like Saul, you might've just summed up why Speed might be my favorite player. And, and <laughs> I think best. I think Rory's in that in that same camp too of just like, hey man, I'm just like an evolving human and I'm trying to fucking figure it out. <laughs> it's it's very uh I think you should leave me, TC. I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I don't know what any of this shit is and I'm very scared. Uh was is a little bit of, of what we're seeing. And and for like think of all that stuff you just said. To be able to piece it together for seventy two holes and win a golf tournament is like man, my my hat is off to anybody who could who could deal with all that and do this. And he didn't say it in these words, but the way I read it, it was kind of like, dude, I was so inflexible and like when I was twenty one and like wherever I got to when I stopped was like the perfect spot, right? Now I, now that I can turn too much I can get my body turned too much and everything falls out of sync and um, huh. I don't know, just interesting. It's very, very it, interesting. This makes me worry about my, exactly. my future path. You need to stop stretching, <laughs> TC. <laughs> you need to lock in where you're at right now. Uh, That's fine with me. Can we talk about the boobs? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm disappointed no one even felt compelled to tweet this out. Nobody got it. No one else had it. Cody on our side was the only one that saw it. Actually, Cody's wife, I believe, was the one that saw it. TC, tell it, take us, take us to the boobs. They, they had. I'm assuming it was a drone flyover over the ocean on Waikiki Beach, and there's a lady. I think it was all, on all a, the surfers. A, a when paddleboard, they, they were having right? a long, on, yeah, long conversation about the surfers that they they're doing this big overhead drone shot of all these surfers. Like, what are they talking about? The lineup out there, Rolf. Uh, and then I'll please TC. And then yeah, there's just you know just. Hanging free there. <laughs> just uh-huh. a center of your screen, just fully topless lady. It was uh, truly like if anybody was watching golf, it would have been a, a really good highlight. But yeah, you know, but everybody's uh, watching NFL. Yeah. <laughs> like, all right, why is this tournament not? I, well, I just want to say, yeah. I, TC put like two things in the agenda, and that was drone shot with boobs in it. Was one of them. <laughs> I just, just got to say that. It was um, funny. It was great. Uh, it was funny. Other Amsterdam, can I a couple Amsterdam notes? The noticeable effort to catch on course audio, like full on layouts for Spieth and Greller when he's in a, a mess of a situation. Every single word hanging on, like there's just a, they're not even like trying to set it up. Like you can tell that Zinger's getting yelled at too. Like shut up, shut up, shut up. They're going to talk. And Zinger like gets out of the way. They're very obviously leaning into this to start out the year. It only took like 10 years, but it was very cool that they have. And I need, I've been very hard on the cock. And I got to give it a little bit of a shout out. You've been hard, all right. Been hard Being on the hard cock. On you might want to take that again. <laughs> uh, Peacock. I don't want to take that again. That stays. Peacock is has now, I don't know if it, it's turned into the best place to like stream the golf on your phone. And it has the collapsible window now, which anyone who use, is watching something on their phone would like to still be able to do something else. And so now it's not, and it doesn't greet you with an ad when you sign on, which so many of the, other NBC apps have always done and made it a miserable experience to try to stream. They've gotten rid of that hurdle that I've been begging for them to get rid of for a long time. And I want to praise progress and acknowledge change uh, that continues to be happening. It was a little bit disconcerting to have Bob Parsons screaming at us again down the stretch this week. 
Nobody makes clubs and fashion the way we do. Now they've added added in a layer to these. I, really, I, I yeah. was gonna say the 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 opening line of that ad of uh, you know if you play PXG clubs, it says something about you. Like they can stop the ad after that line. Yeah, I think <laughs> really I, I, I think everybody would be in full agreement on that. <laughs> what else you guys got? Only other thing I'll say on on TV. Oh, and then I, I definitely want to get to the that'll be a good transition <laughs> to the Adam Scott thing. But the uh, uh, only other thing I want to say about TV is. This is all we've talked about a lot of Golf Channel NBC improvements. Our our guys at CBS, let me just say they've uh they made market improvement last year and they've been, you know, just kind of chilling in the lab for the last like f- whatever it's been, 3 months, 4 months without uh having to televise any golf stuff. So I'm I'm kind of excited to get back to Farmers and see a CBS week. So color me like you know, f- fool me 855 times, but I'm uh, I'm actually kind of optimistic about CBS coverage as well coming back. I- I've heard some whispers. I think there's going to be some some fun stuff uh, maybe baked into the broadcast. We'll see if any of it comes to fruition, but I think uh, I think it'll be, it's going to be good. And so, like, this is, like, telecast adjacent, so I'll just throw it out now. At Mark and Victoria said, what do we have to do to get both Hawaii events to be Wednesday to Saturday primetime? Or, you know, like, I mean, Corn Ferry started today and it's sunday to wednesday uh like it's like going against nfl on sunday night or on sunday afternoon like why why would you do that i think you know we talked about this last year with farmers going to the saturday finish and farmers is doing the saturday finish again to avoid going up against conference championship uh weekend and that's a great win i think it is going to take i really do wonder if there's possibility of like everyone moving up a day Right, and this this weekend doesn't really work because there are Saturday NFL games on the, yeah. on, the on this past weekend. But I think it just is too complicated. the The article that came out last year that talked about all that all that went into moving that and what it was going to cost them in TV ratings and just what it does to squeeze a week into six days and what it does to the pro am and uh, and the player arrivals and all of that is like it really would make a lot more sense if everything was kind of on this schedule. But it depends on what the sponsors want. I think out of you know, again, is it a media buy or is it a hospitality? You know, is that what you're trying to sponsor this event for? And if it's a media buy for you, like you don't want to, again, all the ratings are all fake anyways. Like you want people, <laughs> like Mike Juan has said this when he was LPGA Tour Commissioner, like you want people flipping back and forth between PGA and LPGA, you know, rather than it being in its own window. And like, I'm like, well, I mean, that just means the numbers are all fake anyways. And so I feel like they want people flipping back and forth between the channels more than they actually want you to be able to sit and watch it and enjoy it. But I get uh, I get why a lot of them aren't, like as far as volunteers and hospitality needing to be on the weekend and all that. But, man, these two feel like they're very much apart from everything else. Yep. Like, I, you know. I agree. I, I, I think it's they're just very much of the, look, these are smaller. I, I like being able to say out loud now, these are smaller events that are going up against football that, like, are quite optional viewing, you know. Um, Farmer still feels like a big week. event. Yeah, yeah, it really does, I think. so. Which, how fun is that um, to even, like, be able to, you know, I guess fun is kind of relative, but, like, to even be able to just say it like that. If it, it, They kind of feel, I was thinking about today, I mean, they kind of feel like Tuesday night baseball games or something, right? Or it's like, yeah, you know, they're on. They're part of the schedule. Watch it or don't. You can you can look up who won. You can look up who who had top tens. You can look up all that stuff after the fact if you don't really want to settle and watch it. But I, I am truly like mentally, I'm like, man, well, let's we're on to we're on to farmers a little bit. Like let's let's start, you know, taking it easy for the next couple of weeks, which is a very interesting conversation as it pertains to the PJ Tours business model. But that's that's for someone much more well paid. 
it's worth noting that Farmers is not a designated event even, right? It's, uh, you know, an event we still look forward to, but it's in the That's non-designated true. category as of now. So, Which, do you, do you think some of that has to do with, like, the, the, the field size? Having that big field with the, the split courses the first two days? Do you know what? Actually, my answer is, I think it's Tiger Hangover. I think it's like we all think this event's bigger than it is because Tiger always played it, which made other guys want to play it, which, you know, has kind of had some field hangover to it. And uh, the views and CBS coming back, it always felt like the 18th time that PGA Tour season kicked off. And uh, I don't know, it is still like the feels like the first big event of the year, if you will, which kicks off a great stretch. That's when the PGA Tour season gets as good as it really gets is from farmers through basically, you know, up to the Masters, not including Valero. But. Uh, Sally, one last thing on the Sony uh, leaderboard: Kazuki Higa, my guy Taiga, Semigawa, Kita Nakajima, and Hideki. Four Japanese guys made the cut this week. Hell yeah! Just wanted to shout that out. There Love you that. go. So. Closing out Hamsterdam section, we have an interview coming out with uh, with John Rom. We recorded I recorded it last Friday, so you have to you have to remember he's talking a lot about not passing Cantley in the world rankings, and he finally does. So there's some stuff that's outdated, but. A takeaway he had was that he thought NBC stepped up their game based on like well the how the century was broadcasted. He's uh, he was he had noted he he had a Hamsterdam take as well. We we, we talk a little bit of television coverage, which I think is going to be an interesting chat. So look for that to hit your podcast feed this coming week. Well, the only other TV thing Tron brought it up earlier, but Zinger's comment just a complete <laughs> drive by. Like, and and I want to preface this in, in bold faced type here, Zinger. Please say this kind of stuff. Do this. Like I, <laughs> Do I'm this. so 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 in on this. I feel bad you're going to get your hand slapped by the PJ Tour, but uh, I, I it, it was a highlight of my day. They're talking about Adam Scott joining the pack, which we can talk about next. I have some some thoughts on that. And Zinger just chimes in like, "Man, you know, I was on the pack for 13 years or 16 years, whatever he said." <laughs> I thought it was a colossal waste of time. And then you could kind of realize, like, after it came out of his mouth, he was like, and you could hear, like, him and Hicks almost kind of snickering to each other, like, oh, shit, like, we're, we're going to get in trouble for this. Hicks gave him a, re- really? Really? <laughs> and and he's just kind of like, yeah, well, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's different now. And uh, <laughs> Which was just Which, I just think to Zinger's a- credit, like, it... It probably is different now, I, right? Like it probably Dean is Beeman a waste and, of time too. <laughs> but like Dean Beam and like Tim Fincham, like I doubt they give a shit about at, like at all about the pack. Yeah, right. That's a good point. Obviously, a natural tie-in, but I think Adam Scott joining the pack is is a very interesting interesting thing that I think yeah. uh, you know maybe calls for some unpacking for for those that don't know. The pack is what <laughs> un- un- unpacking. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Uh, you like that one? That. That's good. That was that was were you, un, were you no, meaning that to was do that? Unintentioned. The pack is what sixteen players, I think, are on the pack. I just got it. Thank you. It, took <laughs> a while. it would have been easier spelled out. The pack is sixteen players that essentially report up to the PJ Tour board, right? So if the the players report to the pack, the pack reports to the player directors on the PJ Tour board. And so Adam Scott, I believe, for the first time, is uh, joining that sixteen player. Uh, body the pack. What what were your guys' thoughts when you when you saw this? Um, I think it. I feel like there's people out there that think he's still a live threat of some kind, um, which I think this obviously goes against that. And I think um, it's an interesting endorsement for the PGA Tour at age 42 for like him to kind of take this role on now. Um, it just seems like they are trying to the guys that were in the room in Delaware just are seeming to increase their footprint and, and willingness to take on some tasks of like moving things forward. And 
making sure that like basically not letting things fall slip through the cracks and fall to like how they got to right like if these people would have been involved throughout the years maybe it would not have gotten to what it's gotten to anyways so I don't think it's like a game-changing move. I think it's just very interesting of like probably a good, sensible guy to have in the room to help advise things and represent a certain class of player. That That's where I'm at, too. I don't mean to say it's like some big sweeping thing. I just think it's really interesting. Some of his quotes, I think it was a Doug Ferguson AP story, but some of his quotes about, you know, obviously Rory has had to take the brunt of this, and there's probably more that more of us can do to help share that load and actually offer ideas. And it's just... I think it's ultimately a good thing for the PJ Tour if Adam Scott seems like one of the most experienced, thoughtful, kind of like measured, uh, interesting people out there. I, I think it's a good thing for him to have a voice in the room. Jordan Spieth is going RV life. He is, they've bought an RV and will be driving that from from event to event. Uh, I didn't see that one coming. Did I, not I didn't see that see him, coming. See him as an RV guy. I don't know if. Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming that has to do with getting the family out on the road and staying all together and not, you know flying with kids and all that, but, um, and having to deal with hotels and all that stuff. But yeah, he's going to be going to be in an RV. I, that, I think that's, that's sick. Yeah, that's sweet. I, again, you're just, he's playing the hits like to all of my favorite things. I fucking <laughs> love RVs so much. I've, I've made you guys get into RVs many, many times for, for I mean, I'm sure this is going to be a, this isn't an RV. This is like a, a oh, right. tour bus. Correct. And I'm assuming he's not like driving it, right? I'm guessing he has a driver of some kind. <laughs> I hope got, he's got his class C license. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I, like I guess that's the thing. Like, are they gonna? Are they still gonna fly from place to place, and then the RV just shows up? Maybe that's what it is. That's it less a great less less interesting. Them, yeah. If so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but no, yeah. I think it's still yeah, it's cool. It's a you know, it's a nice throwback. It also kind of goes to show like. He's got a couple stretches this year where he's playing a lot of golf in a row. Yeah. I, I just I don't know if I've ever actually said this on the pod. I We've danced around it already on this one. I think aim point should be banned. I think you should not be able to straddle the line of your putt. I think it is horrible for pace of play. I think it you should not. It is like a, almost like feeling your way into a lie of some kind, like feeling the ground, like using the ground as a feel for, uh, you know, like intentionally by straddling your line of play to like see how – uh, you're going to navigate the earth seems like something that should be illegal. And it's like, te- it's like it. testing the surface. That's right? kind of what I was getting at. Yeah. And yeah. if, if putting your club into your belly is like kind of a, a, you know, a rule that we've, we've said is not allowed for putting. I think, yeah, feeling out your line with your feet it, again, it's horrible for pace to play. It looks horrible on television. Watching Keegan face one way and then flip and turn the other way on a four foot putt is gross. And it's just, I th- I'm done with it. It's got to go. I'm sorry, Max. I know, I know it's helped you a lot, but it's got to go. I think it should not be allowed to be fair. Like watching Keegan do anything. That's is, it is, is fair, awful. but watching anyone really do aim point is just like, I take it away. I'm good. I, I, unless somebody can like explain to me why this is essential for the game and a good thing. I take it away. I have to think on that a little bit. I, I certainly don't have a, a passionate enough uh, rebuttal to your case, so I'd, I'd probably end up voting with you. But uh, I think I would mildly disagree. I, I I don't really know how you're going to police that, and I don't know. I, don't I kinda, straddle the line. That's what it is. You can't straddle your line or your putt. Other, who's watching that? What what happens if someone? Everyone does? else. It's okay. a it's a two shot penalty, one shot penalty. Like I said, man, I'd probably end up voting with you, but I'd, I'd like to think <laughs> on it a little bit more. Okay, thank God, and get back to me next yeah. week. DJ is gonna. Gonna have his his uh, focus group or his. Uh, I need to talk you know, to my think, constituents. How's this gonna tank? Yeah, how's this gonna <laughs> how's this gonna affect my district? Where do you vote, TC? 
Oh, I'm totally with you. 100% okay. with you. Sorry. <laughs> you guys are getting paid by the same super pack. I could have fi- filled it in with ban whatever was in there. TC would be like, oh, yeah, for sure. Ban that. Absolutely. The Heritage three Foundation, woods. baby. Ban Three Woods. <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. Uh, anything else kind of from Sony or... Uh, can we get into some uh, some other fun stuff from this? No, week? we have a robust list of various things that happened. I feel like <laughs> which first of, on the list is the Netflix trailer is out. Full swing comes February fifteenth. Um, the trailer came out. It, does it get you guys more hyped, less hyped? Is it about what you're expecting? What do you think? Got me hyped. Yeah, I thought it was good. Uh, I'm hearing some some iffy stuff about the tennis one thus far. I was going to ask that if one. you guys have watched any of that. I've watched we've watched the first two episodes of that, and it's not like must see TV, but it's just it's interesting. It's behind the scenes look at Curios, and that's that's the episodes we've kind of gotten through so far. And um, it's a supplemental thing that's kind of designed for non casual fans, or I'm sorry, non intense fans for for casual fans. I mean, they're like telling you how tennis scoring works. And I, I say that to lay out that I think we can expect that with golf. Like people are going to flip this on. Hardcore golf fans are going to, you know, you're going to have the, you're gonna have the FedEx Cup probably explained to you, and it's going to be like should be kind of helpful. Should be kind of helpful. It actually, might be kind of helpful, <laughs> but um, it is going to be just an alternative look, and you know, kind of, you know, it, it felt like it was following the blueprint of Formula One, like the same kind of off course moments, like the camera's right there for it. Like it's really hard to be pretty authentic, but. You know, a good deep dive of a bunch of people talking about Kyrgios and, you know, his development, his career. But, I don't know, from what we saw from this one, it felt like it, they're, they're going to dramatize it pretty good. It's going to be a lot of dun-dun and, like, slow motion walking and, you know, making it, uh, you know, making all this seem very serious at times. But it's uh, I think it's still going to be must-see television. And gonna be I think the tennis one as well will be very... It'll be interesting to see what they do like beyond the first five or six. After they've set the stage and gotten everybody up to speed, I feel like the back half of this, you know, whatever the golf season ends up being, the back half of that I think will be better than the front half just because they've, they've, you know, relied on that to get people into golf, explain the sport a little bit, explain the structure a little bit, and then, and then they can really dig in on some of the specifics. I, I would say going back to your initial question, it definitely got me excited. It's fun to see, fun to see these same faces uh, through different cameras. If that makes sense, right? Like it's yeah. the only time you ever see them is is not with like the big cinematic, you know, kind of intimate cameras. It's it's with the faraway broadcast cameras or the 18th green interview with Todd Lewis or whatever. It's it's good to see these guys uh, just in a little different uh, light, which is really exciting. I just I don't know if this is a golf specific problem. I haven't watched any of the tennis ones, but you know, based on what you're saying, Solly, I I, I think there's got to be like a self awareness to doing anything like this that just didn't exist. Like I I kind of fell out of the F1 series even just because once you like once it becomes a, a self aware thing, like if this is for the Netflix show, I don't know how it doesn't lose some of its. Uh, you know, organic nature. Like and that's nobody's fault. That's just that season one stuff was before the first season had come out, which is why you get so much real stuff, which is why it's as good as it is. Right. And, and to not only try to do this a couple years after that F1 show has been super, super popular, but then also that crew spreading themselves, you know, probably pretty thin trying to do an F1 show, trying to do a tennis show, trying to do a golf show, Golf being naturally very closed off and restrictive, anyways. Like I, I'm, I'm uh, 
both very excited. I can't wait to watch every episode, but I'm tempering my expectations on what we're really going to see. You know, I, I hope it's great footage, and it's I'm I'm willing to say now, without seeing anything, I'm sure it's going to be the most inside look at you know the PJ Tour that we've ever gotten. I don't know that it's going to get to where anybody like us would have hoped that it would get to, and I just I don't really know how you do do that as kind of like a self-aware project like this i would say both most inside and most outside yeah. from the lens of like it's not like golf bringing you this it is netflix bringing you this mm-hmm. and there's gonna be some i would guess some kind of storyline building within it that is might be kind of grating for golf fans like there's gonna be probably you know the the formula one fans have long complained about you know shots are out of sequence and the helmets change colors in the episodes like they're faking this shot like I think some of that stuff's going to stick out to us probably, but also understanding like we've made video content before. Like sometimes you just need like fake part of it because it helps move this part to the next part. And, you know, it's just not that big a deal because you're trying to tell an overall story. And um, it's just kind of coloring it. Wait, wait what do we fake? I can't well, tell I mean, just like if some, uh, we don't need to tell it. Yeah, <laughs> you need, making somebody repeat a line that's funny because, oh, yeah, I wasn't filming. Gotcha. Like uh, it's kind of like, yeah, just coloring in, in between the lines, uh, the, which yeah. I think is, I'm 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 very excited to watch. I think it's going to be very good. And again, the P, the has long been emphasized the PJ Tour does not have editorial control over this. It is not just about the PJ Tour. It's going to be about the majors. It's going to be about live. It's uh, going to be a lot about Poulter's birthday. I'm sure. Oh my <laughs> God, we're an hour into this. I totally I meant to start the show by wishing happy Ian Poulter a happy birthday, and I totally forgot. And Luke Elvey. Yes, <laughs> it's uh, Luke, Luke, Luke Elvey's birthday, birthday on, on the sixteenth, I believe. I do have one prediction on the on the live guys. I, I hope, and this all comes down to the edit, and it all comes down to the producers and what their, you know, not I don't want to say agenda, like that sounds negative, but kind of their point of view and what they want to leave in and what they want to highlight and what they don't. Uh, I think the live guys are going to light themselves on fire. I, I feel very, very strong. I have not seen anything. I haven't even heard anything to that regard. But I just, if you get unfettered access to colossal dick faces, I think they're gonna, <laughs> I think they're gonna reveal themselves as colossal dick faces. And so I'm, I'm really excited for that. Uh, I, I think that's gonna be sweet. Brooks and Brooks and Poults are gonna. They're so perfect for this. Of, of just thinking they look so cool and thinking they're making the right. <laughs> points and they're gonna look like assholes uh well, there is a clip of somebody throwing clubs in a in the a clubhouse it looks like it's polter at the I match point yeah. Locker room. yeah i don't know if he's faking that for the camera or what it was but uh again i just don't know how like with a netflix camera following you you're like oh my rage is just so intense like i i need to throw these clubs in this locker room this is a very real thing i'm doing or if he's you know hamming it up on cam but, a bit of a bit of a uh, joey bosa situation <laughs> No what suit. a nut job. <laughs> Too soon. A, a lot of people are asking, we are not interviewed in the series as well. I have been led, led to believe some of our content may make it in the, some of the final episodes of live shows or what that what that may be. But they're I haven't gonna, seen it. We're they're going to show TC, TC's double chip from, uh, <laughs> <laughs> from Barsabek, I think, is in there. But I think that's it. <laughs> and the subsequent club, club throw. <laughs> that was Tron in the locker room in Austin. <laughs> throwing, his, throwing his clubs. <laughs> Uh, Cameron Young, Cameron Champ, and Lucas Herbert are among the players that have applied for releases for the Saudi International and have been approved for them. Um, what's your guys' reaction to uh, to any and all of that? There's going to be a lot of Camerons so at, many the, cams. at the Saudi International. <laughs> uh, 
I, I thought like I feel like Lucas Herbert's had one foot out the door for a while. You almost he, waitlisted. Uh, I think he's kind of yeah. like, well, don't call us, we'll call you. He's with on the upgrade list. <laughs> uh, you could have honestly. He's conv- using one of his global his global <laughs> upgrades. You could have convinced me Lucas Herbert was odd live already. Honestly, Cameron Young, Cameron Champ. I I think we talked about it last week. I mean, I'm not. I. I I'm not not wild about it. It's not my decision. I I think it's a little tough to uh, to look at you know the people who are suing the PJ Tour and try to have it both ways and say like how dare they? This is this is awful, and then yep. go take their money in Saudi Arabia. But to their point, I mean, maybe Cameron Young and Cameron Champ and Lucas Herbert haven't really been on that block. So I'm not trying to put words in their mouth either. But um, I, I think it would be a a much worse look for some players than it would be for others, if that makes sense. I, I don't mean that as any way to kind of quote unquote excuse it, but I think it would be a lot weirder if there were some of these like very, very, very vocal, I cannot believe they're suing us type of comments. Like if those people were to go play, these guys kind of seem like they've, they've stayed out of, uh, out of the, the mud, I guess. I asked uh, Rom about this, and again, it's on the podcast episode that'll be out later this week. But he his his thought on that was that they probably had already signed contracts for this, and I, he doesn't know when or when that would be. But they're probably honoring contracts that were signed. Um, which again, I don't know if that excuses it or not. But he didn't seem to have a problem with it as a as a fellow PGA Tour player. And and basically, I was asking through the lens of Cameron Young was in the room with you guys, like, yo, these dudes are suing you. What do you think? And he did not seem peeved by it in any way. So I just found that interesting um if it was like rory doing it i think it would be a very different conversation i, I do agree with that yeah yeah which i don't think there's anything to say that you can't play the saudi international and also the pga tour like i don't think that's a i don't think that's a deal breaker right i think it it is different than live granted it's of course the same people and i completely understand that that part of the process but uh it, it just seems like it's Again, the the questions might be tougher for you as the player as you go do that. Like that's what you got to deal with here. But I don't think it's like that. You, I don't think you can't do both things. Uh, that's that's kind of where my my gut is. Again, understanding how different that is from playing live and the PGA Tour. That's the lens I'm going at from this. Yeah, I come at it. I don't know. I feel like you got to be a little bit more ride or die. Like if you're part of the PGA Tour, it'd be a part of the PGA Tour. That's you that's kind of where I'm at. It feels like a very cheap. Uh, for for guys who are making a fucking lot of money already, it's oh, yeah. it's a oh, cheap God, way to, yeah. to make a lot more money, and and it's I don't know we're we're kind of just like triaging uh, the badness a little bit, right? Like yes, next to true. next to leaving the PJ Tour forever for an upstart, soulless, non-competitive golf league, like yeah, going over for one week like doesn't look yeah that doesn't look quite as bad. But in a vacuum, it's like, well, why are they putting on this tournament? And why are they trying to get players there so much? And why are we softening this slowly each year that it comes up? Like, it's it's kind of all that stuff we don't need to really relitigate. I think part of my deal, too, is, like, these guys complain. And I'm not saying Cameron Young or Cameron Champ has complained about playing extra events. But, like, on the whole, like these tour, like, these top tour players complain about you know, having to play all of the elevated events. And it's like, well, you're flying a, like to the other side of the world to go play a completely meaningless tournament and make a bunch of money. Like, but you know, the breathtaking views of the rest of red sea and they're, true. and they're growing the game. I know they're growing the game over there in, in, uh, in uh, King, uh, King Abdullah economic city. But, oh. I, don't know, <laughs> I, wonder, just, I wonder how, uh, how Patrick reads. I, I, I don't know how I was going to land this joke, but, uh, you know, the Scott's tots <laughs> episode of, uh, of the office. 
when, oh, when yeah. uh, th- that's kind of what I picture with all those kids Patrick Reed went and visited at that school. <laughs> I wonder they got to be like you know coming up to graduation age here pretty quick. They might be hitting him up for uh, for some clubs or you know he's gonna have to make good on his growing the game promises here at some point. On the uh, live front, some news ish came out this week. Honestly, I might need you guys help kind of steering through this a little bit because I don't know if I like fully understand everything that's going on, but I think I get about ninety percent of it. But um, the PGA Tour is seeking uh, discovery from the Public Investment Fund and Yasser Al Rumayan in their lawsuit. He uh, also learned please. that. I, 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 I'm also, <laughs> it will be Thank referred you. to as He, His Excellency. Uh, uh, the Public Investment Fund claims it should not be subject to discovery because it has uh, no day to day control over Live Golf. Uh, it only owns 93% of Live and pays 100% of the cost, so they don't. <laughs> They obviously don't have control. Yeah, no, we didn't even golf, so. we don't even talk to him. Total separation of yeah. church and state. Yeah. There, third leg, Greg's over there. Just we have no idea what he's doing. Yeah, he's got the. <laughs> We're full, just letting yeah. him run for two billion dollars. <laughs> he's got all a debit card over there. <laughs> Get this though. On the other side, the tour does claim that the PIF is centrally involved with this. Thus, they mm. would like them to be part of the discovery process. Uh, there was a three-hour hearing on Friday. The judge, the judge declined to rule on the motion for now, but. Uh, it's been reported that Al Ramayan, again, the head of the PIF, submitted an affidavit to the court that he could face 20 years in a Saudi prison if he was responsible for disclosing classified information, uh, which is so That sounds like, like a you problem, <laughs> H.E. Yeah, I no idea how much trouble I'd be at home if my mom found out I was here. Like, that, that is... Uh, you know what but, they do to people who do... Like, they're going to they're gonna chop my hand off. <laughs> You guys don't understand how sick these people are. God, that, uh, that sounds like an HE problem might be my favorite <laughs> phrase edited on this or mentioned on this podcast in a while. Uh, the tour's <laughs> argument is, uh, in fact, the PIF is operating commercially in the U.S. So, like, again, this is where it gets kind of legalese, all that stuff. But immunity does not apply here, which sounds like super cut and dry and basic to me, the amateur that's kind of reading these articles. Um, it says you must be subjected to the jurisdiction of the U.S. court. Um, so all the, all these delays are, you know, continuing to kick the can down the road for the trial timeline, which is January of 2024. And I, help me out here because to me, this sounds like the most obvious thing ever in this would be that the PIF would be involved in discovery. Did they possibly have not seen this coming? Like explain this to me like I'm five, if you guys can. Yeah. The, like the whole cold feet thing just feels a little bit like, wait, like you guys didn't you didn't anticipate this? Like, how? That's, I'm, I'm with you, Solly. And also, and and not that I really understand all this stuff all that great. I'm, I'm kind of just relying on a lot of reporting, mostly from Eamon Lynch of Golf Week. But uh, also just the idea that it's kind of a me reaping, me sowing situation. Of <laughs> yes. Like, we, we would really love to sue the PJ Tour because they're really fucking us over with some of this anti-competitive stuff. It's like, oh, awesome. Sounds great. Like, we'd love for you to, you know, to uh, comply with with some discovery. Oh no, we won't be doing that. If well, you no no no, if you could just sue them though, that would be ideal. If you could just shut them down, that would be great. Without any, you don't get it. My friend Third Leg Greg told me about all these things they're doing. I just want to find out yeah. about those. I don't. Um, so there was a great video on Golf Central. Jody Balsam, she is a, uh, a sports law professor at Brooklyn Law. She rated, uh, laid it out really well in this video that I won't even be able to describe as well as she described. But basically, it's saying that. The tour believes that the communications within PIF would greatly help its defense of the antitrust claims. 
you know, if they can get a hold of all of the communications there, it basically can prove help prove their case of all kinds of like, no, we didn't commit antitrust violations and all this stuff. So the reasons this uh, amongst many reasons why the Saudis would not want discovery uh, would be able to require them to like maybe disclose investments that are that they don't want to disclose that could show like, efforts they've had to influence U.S. politics. Which I don't know if I don't know if they'll find anything there. I mean, it's a total coincidence on, Come on. on some of the things. Stick some of the to courses, sports. Stick to sports. Some of the courses they're hosting. Stick it to dick riding. All right, son. people that they're funding. I don't know what they would find there. Um, I, the, Eamon Lynch wrote a great article for Golf Week. Uh, I've, I've cut part of it here, and I will share. It says the public investment fund, which is ultimately controlled by Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman, invested two billion dollars in private equity company owned by Trump's son-in-law Jared Kushner over the objections of its own advisors. The Live Project was thought inviable by the fund's consultants, McKinsey and Company. Yet another couple of billion dollars has been torched there. And if the Saudi fund is making investments that are economically irrational, Discovery might unearth motives that are grounded not in profit nor sports washing, but in politics. So that's where it gets really fun. It's like I'm looking for more politics in my golf. Totally. And so I'm, I'm excited with where this is trending. There, there, I think the whole reason for throwing this on the agenda is just purely for the comical purposes of like there's probably obviously some horribly nefarious shit going on here and it's all gonna run through dumbass like pat perez and <laughs> like joaquin neiman and all the like all these people are just like gonna could potentially i shouldn't say going to but could potentially be the like reason for all of its unearthing it's just this like fake golf league that people have been trying to convince <laughs> us is like a serious thing it's just it's it's really sweet really really good stuff <laughs> I, I, I'm so torn between like, gosh, I don't understand like the law at all. And I don't understand how legal proceedings work at all. And also like, this looks like the most obvious thing in the world that I, I don't know how we, they even thought this was going to work. I really don't understand. I, I'm, I'm extremely confused as to just wait, what the, uh, what the chess move is. No, here. Like, just, <laughs> just wait. They're years ahead of you, man. Just wait. All these big names are coming. They got a big TV deal coming. Just wait. You don't even get it. They're going to announce their schedule yeah. soon. <laughs> yeah. Know. Taste it. Just wait, man. And the Latin America Amateur Championship, Mateo Fernandez de Olivero from Argentina wins by four shots. He's now in all four majors this year. Which was uh, a nice, was going on with- nice addition that they made. I think the U.S. Open yes. was not a part of that, and I yeah. don't know if the British Open was part of that, but glad to, or, or the PJ Championship, rather. But glad to see that they made those changes. It's, it's cool to see this event being elevated around the world a little bit. I flipped it on for a little bit just because people kept saying he was walking ahead, like not like not watching his playing partners finish out. He was already on the next tee. He was like taking the box from people that he didn't even beat, yeah. apparently. Like I don't know if they were on the clock or what it was, but <laughs> it's an alpha. Uh, he would just like take the like finish the hole and then like go to the next tee and hit before like the players got to the next tee. Hell yeah. Um so <laughs> I I'm still I'm fired up still that that Ludwig hasn't gotten a special invite to Augusta. What would be uh, Gordon what would Sargent? Be the, the quick and, sixty, you know, uh, quick two or three sentence uh, case that you would make as his lawyer. They gave one to Gordon Sargent. He won the NCAA. Period. Point blank. Yeah, I know, but Ludwig's <laughs> the number one amateur in the world. Hmm. He's a dog. Should have won NCAA. <laughs> sounds like. <laughs> I called your name right, Ludwig. <laughs> oh, better luck next year. Um, again, finally getting to this again. Uh, a 
I regret not starting the show with a happy birthday wish, of course, to Ian Poulter, which if you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, <laughs> do you have the exact tweet? Is a real sentence. You got to read the Poulter. exact tweet. Okay. I, I think I, I'm back and forth on being blocked from Pol- by Poulter. He, uh, <laughs> is he, is he blocking you certain weeks? Well, he like followed us for a while and then I met him at the, um, I, th- I thought relations were thawing for a while there. Yeah, he's like, I love your social media. I love it. When I met him it's at Schwab's. Major, major influence social on media. <laughs> His quote was, uh, is in response to a happy birthday video, I believe, to Francesco Molinari. He says, uh, what's really an incredible touch is the players that help build Ryder Cup Europe brand with other players as well. You can't bring yourself to just say a simple happy birthday. So the Sergio Garcia birthday yesterday, unfortunately, this says so much. <laughs> <laughs> it's another PXG. If you play PXG, this says a lot yes. about you. It's another. Yes, this, this truly does say so much. This Unfortunately, tweet. it does. You know, Neil makes us calendars every year with all of our birthdays on it and anniversaries and all that. And the first thing I did was open up and see that Ian Poulter's birthday was not in the calendar. And uh, I hope he gets that changed for next year. So, Spe- uh, Speaking of the Ryder Cup, can we talk some Hero Cup? I know you guys watched a, a bunch of it this weekend. A ton of it, man. I, I did. What was your but, favorite moment? Yeah, you should kick it off. Oh. God, I mean, big shot Bob McIntyre netting three points. That's it, That was huge. For for those that don't know, what is the Hero Cup? <laughs> uh, Dr. Munjal put up some money. Uh, I think they're over in what, Abu Dhabi or Dubai. Uh, it's basically continental Europe versus the, the uh, UK, British Isles, Ireland, whatever you want to call it, um, and kind of a, a training ground for the European Ryder Cup team. It's like the so, Goodwill Games. <laughs> it is yeah uh god great i didn't know we were gonna get a goodwill games poll tonight but yeah it's continental europe one by four uh captain molinari was responsible for 3.5 points from europe uh 3.5 points from nikolai hoygaard as well uh, rasmus had to had to withdraw uh you know I, I think it's just showing the the great depth that we've got on the european side but they definitely won. They definitely won. <laughs> well, I have to laugh. Like they just like literally beating their teammates, right? I don't know what like you. Somebody has to win, right? No matter what, somebody's going to rack up a bunch of points. Yeah, I mean, we had we had Mike Wallace on there. We had uh, you know all sorts of uh, Sepp Straka played, which I thought was interesting. That is interesting. I'm all for uh, again. It's a, I think it's a, a cool event. Yeah, it's a great idea. I, I like the the training ground aspect. I like getting guys match play experience, getting them in a team room together, seeing maybe your your future Ryder Cup teammates like from the other side of from the yeah. other side of the ball, right? Like playing against them in a team competition. I think it's a it's a great idea. How would you split it up if the U.S. did one? Uh, you know what I think would be a cool event. And granted, you know only certain guys would be able to participate. But if they did, like f- basically. Kind of like the the LPGA does with the with the international crown, where you've got like teams of four and they're from different colleges. So like That's the fun. Texas guys, like Spieth, Scheffler, you know, Bo Hostler, Cole Hammer. Maybe they're playing basically just like on a Texas team, UGA, super souped up buddies trip. Yeah, it'd be like you know, and you get you know, kind of the top twelve or top sixteen, you know, teams together. I don't know. I think that would be really cool and interesting and fun like you know you get max and, and james hahn sure jupe life versus cool all y'all <laughs> would be kind of cool too like east yeah. coast west coast uh kind of thing yeah. like dallas and vegas and phoenix against sea island and uh and jupe life and jack it'd be kind of like like, ca- like uh cannon cup that like yeah. the ajga does you know shout out to big player um, ray 
But it is like a, an interesting thing to, you know, take a pool of however many guys it was and that, you know, if they're going to dumb it down from there. And there's no Rom, there's no Rory. Like, it's not everyone there. But, like, from there, give them a little bit of team experience and give a, a bonding chance. I think it is a uh, – it's obviously – can only be a positive thing for, for the Europeans. So Like, they you know, I don't think they announced the format until, like, Tuesday. <laughs> I think people were betting on it. Like, the lines are out and they're like, wait, are they playing all shot or are they playing <laughs> – four balls here like what's the format they're like oh yeah we forgot to announce kind of how this was going to work so which i like kind of making it up on the fly i'm, I'm in on that we have a report from the telegraph that spain is in line to host the 2031 Ryder cup ahead of three english courses i don't know what the english courses were i've my my, my telegraph subscription has lapsed unfortunately but yeah james corrigan uh reporting this one i think one of them is outside of luton uh airport i think north and they're basically gonna purpose build some sort of resort up there and courses for uh, like two host a Ryder Cup, which sounds hashtag not good in my opinion. Uh, it just it just gives me flashbacks from like the like the Belfry. Are any of the Ryder Cup courses good? I think that's the conversation we could have at some point. I think a, like, I think a Dare Manor is going to be. Sweet. I think it will too, but like I don't know. Beth Page, Whistling. Frisco is going to be. I think Frisco is going to be dope too. Like eventually when they have it there in the twenty forties, you know. <laughs> When Freddie's hosting this podcast. Yeah, I, I I can't get too fired up about the 2031 Ryder Cup just yet. I mean, who knows? So in Spain, is it is it Valderrama or is it another? Isn't Valderrama another course? live? Didn't they pledge their fealty That's to live? That's what I thought. Yeah. That's, yeah. I think, it's, I think this is a wait and see situation here. But uh, just sharing some news and notes from around around the globe. Um, you got the last two. This is all floor is all yours here. TC. Yeah. It's a little soapbox Sunday here. I was, I was appalled that Scotty Scheffler won the golf writers association, you know, player of the year. Just got to see award. more from him. I just got to see <laughs> a lot more from him next year. No, I thought, I thought it was a layup for cam. I mean, cam won, you know, cam won the open championship at San Andrews. He won the players. He won the Sony. I don't know. I it played really well at the masters. I just I felt like that was petty. So I could see it going either way. Scotty won like four times in a major. He won the waste management, Bay Hill, match play, and the Masters. Um, so I think that listen, I think you know I could you could argue Masters versus Open. They're very close. Uh, the second biggest win there would be Cam at the Players, but the next several would go to Cam. Uh, they, those would all go to uh, to Scheffler and. Uh, yeah, is there some live undertones to that? 100%. So yeah. I would definitely say so. But. And then the other thing that got me fired up this week was uh, Golf Digest put out a, we uh, every PGA Tour course ranked uh, feature. This was, I think this is the worst, the worst thing they've ever published. I mean, it was, it was, it was like horrendous. They put Houston's Memorial Park golf course 38th of 38. And Muirfield Village was number three. It was above <laughs> yeah. Riv. It was better than Riv. Like, yeah. uh, T- I, I, uh, I, it looks like some formula spit this out, some AI bot or something. Like, I don't, uh, some ranking system. It, it wasn't like there was actual judgment that went into this. I think it was very much like, a, I don't know, how many Raiders had played it kind of thing. Or, I don't know. It I mean, TPC good. River Highlands was 34th. Like, in my, in my mind, that's one of the better courses on the PGA Tour, at least top half, in my opinion. I hate seeing Keen, your, your guys at Keen Trace get knocked as well, down oh, at number 29. <laughs> Uh, TPC Scottsdale thirtieth. That for some made reason. no sense. TPC Craig uh, James at twenty seventh. Yeah. Like you can find some community there. Wiley twenty sixth, uh, right behind uh, PGA National, which looks like truly like like out of every course on the tour. Like I have zero desire to play 
PGA National where they have the Honda. Uh, I don't know. It just it just didn't make any sense. There was, there was no. It was nonsensical. So it just pissed me off. That's that's been bugging me all week. I feel like the AT yeah, the AT and T Oaks course should be up higher too. All right, I think that's it. AT and T Oaks course is what's that's how we're gonna how we're gonna win this uh, end this episode. I think. So. Take the pledge. Anything though. else you guys have? I should say. Uh, I've been just beating up the range here in Milwaukee, guys. I I went to uh, I went to the range the other day. It was about it was about 30, 32 degrees, something like that. And there were so many people there. It was a wait for for heated base. Really? So I had to hit balls outside for a while. Oof. Didn't have to. I did though. I hit balls outside, stinging ass like seven irons, bad contact. If you if you miss one, just puts you out of commission for about five minutes. It's like a curveball or a slider, you know, running in on your hands. That's exactly right. But I'm I'm uh, you know I'm I'm dialed for that. And then the other announcement I wanted to make, TC, I feel like you're gonna be hyped about this. I signed up for a newspaper subscription today. Oh yeah, uh, I haven't done that in a very long time. Moved to a new city. I, I'm looking to learn more about it. Need something to do on Sunday mornings. Well, I'm drinking my coffee and uh, and you know listening to music, so I, I signed up for a newspaper. I'll let you guys know how. What's that goes. the Milwaukee paper? Uh, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. It's okay. it's a great deal if you want to get in. TC, it's I think Wednesday <laughs> and Wednesday and Sundays it's like ninety four cents a week, so right. you know cheaper than a cup of coffee. I subscribe to the the uh, Jacksonville t- tr- Times Tribune or Times, Times Union. But Times it sounds Union. like it's going yeah. well. <laughs> I, su- I subscribe. <laughs> it's it's pretty thin, man. It's pretty thin. So well, it's because uh, all their all their reporters, our guy Nate Monroe, and everybody was out at the Jags game. Do we need to talk about the Jags at all? I think we do. I think so. <laughs> I mean, we rocked them. There was, there was there was no doubt. There was no doubt. It was uh, despite uh, it what was... TC may have tweeted, he had no doubt at any time. <laughs> <laughs> I did say though. I did say you know when we when the Jags scored before the half, I tweeted out like, oh yeah, like certainly not a night. Parentheses, uh, like this is the Chargers' niche to. <laughs> choke away a game like this like we've seen them do this a dozen times over the last few years and then and then and then it proceeded to get worse i think after i tweeted that out but yeah i i've certainly lost hope but then when i went and got freddie back up we put him to bed uh at halftime went, went and got him back up you said he, third. you said he was crying as he went to bed oh he was sobbing he was so excited for the game and he's like he's like dad we're losing we're losing 27 to nothing like this is this is a nightmare dad, we're dad, our ass kicked <laughs> Do something, Dad. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, and then yeah, we flipped it on him. Al Michaels and Tony Dungy oh, were disgrace. so fucking bad. I mean, that it was embarrassing. Like those guys should should retire, resign tomorrow. We I had should uh, Brandon Staley. We had <laughs> the, the the vibe on the telecast was so bad, and the the game was going so poorly. We had a bunch of people over at our house. Like, uh, I don't know who, how it started again. There was some alcohol involved here, but. Uh, somebody started playing the song like we didn't. Or was, the boys are back in town. All right, this is what it was. After they scored the first touchdown, it was twenty-seven-seven. It was like, all right, the boys are back, and g- the Google picked it up. It was like, all right, playing the boys are back in town, <laughs> and so w- my wife played for the whole second half. She had to play a song with the theme, some kind of theme of boys, and she just was like running through them and kept going. We didn't listen to the telecast the whole second half. We just kept playing music the whole way through, and it was just an epic, epic comeback and. Uh, it was just, it was so bizarre. I've, I've never had one of my teams and I'm a, such a bandwagon Jags fan, but 
I've had that happen the other way around my entire life. I've never had one flip yeah. in that direction. I really never have. I've, I refuse to let myself get emotionally available because that always happens the other way. And now, no matter what happens, um, it's a giant win, which it's halftime right now. 10-9 Baltimore over the Bengals at the half, which could change... Uh, that could change things. I, I wouldn't mind taking on the Bills instead of the Chiefs. So uh, uh, yeah, the Bills look look gettable Vulnerable. right now. Yeah. Uh, although I don't know. I think the I think the Jags tend to match up better against the Chiefs personally. But uh, I mean, shit, the Jags beat beat the Bills under Urban's tutelage <laughs> last year. How about how about Bunky's tweet? <laughs> the Jags, Jags come from behind. From behind. Uh, I mean, everybody in our neighborhood was was shooting off fireworks at, at midnight last night. It was it was very very Florida man stuff. Trevor Lawrence went to went to the Waffle House here in Jack's Beach. I t- uh, I'll tell you what, your old friend Deej. Yeah, yeah, my my hitter uh, Rita at the Jack's Beach Waffle House. Jesse and I used to go every Sunday morning for a, like a very very long stretch, and we'd sit in at Rita's table, uh, the little two seater right by the counter. Uh, every every time would it be thrilled to see her and to see her pop up in the uh, photo with trevor lawrence at what had to be like 2 a.m 1 a.m something crazy uh after the game last night was really heartwarming stuff happy for everybody in jacksonville that was great i I feel like the chargers probably need to fire brandon staley he seems like a really (laughs) nice guy but i mean that's a really talented team like they got dogs on that defense with Bosa, who seems Matt. really, really well adjusted human being. Uh, <laughs> you Derwin get, James. You need to get Bosa on the trap draw. God, I can't wait yeah. for the trap draw this week. That was all I was all I was thinking. It's like, man, you know, no matter who wins, the, the real the real winner is the trap draw this week. I feel like there's a lot to unpack. Trap draw is uh Cody and Neil this week. Oh, that's right. Well, yeah. Yeah, that's a bummer. Neil doesn't have any football experience. <laughs> <laughs> Not like you two. So, all right, that is a fun week. Uh, we got Amex. We got to survive this coming week, and then uh, and then the fun starts really with the PGA Tour schedule. So, a lot of fun stuff ahead. Some fun announcements coming from our end, and some fun content. I think uh, it's going to be a great run up to Augusta. I'm very stoked. So, thank Let's go you, Jags, baby, gentlemen. We will be back here again. Look for the John Rom episode. Uh, later this week, thank you to our friends at Titleist and Footjoy for uh, essentially always just just being so kind with their ad time. They just want they just want people to get the content, and we appreciate that from them. So, TC Deej, good night. We'll see you next week. See ya. Cheers. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most!